Well, good morning, Vineyard. Who's excited to be in church today? Awesome. Come on. Who's excited to be in church today? There we go. There we go. Uh, it's already been an awesome morning, and I'm so excited to be able to speak with you today. If you guys don't know me already, my name is Michael Burris. Um, my wife and I, Cassie, she's over here. Don't look at her because she's mine. Nobody gets her but me. Uh, we've been married five years this December, and, uh, and we've been coming to the vineyard for the past couple of years. I guess it's been, yeah, two to three years, something like that. You lose track of time, right? Um, and so in our time together, Cassie and I, we've served in a variety of different ministry roles that we've been privileged to do. Um, I've served as a worship director at a church in um, North Florida. We've served as the children's pastors in a church right over in Irvine, Kentucky, and executive pastors also at a church in Cape Canaveral, right on the beach in Florida. And yes, it was... It, we were suffering when we were down there in, on the beach in the warm weather and the... I'm joking, guys. You can laugh. We're, it was an amazing time. <laughs> but usually on a typical weekend, you'll see me standing up here playing my guitar, uh, probably out of breath because I'm out of shape, and singing. Um, but today, you get a special treat. I, I mean, maybe it'll be a special treat to you. I hope so. Uh, but I get to share with you the word that God has put on my heart. Pastor Joe came to me and asked me if I would. And I believe that it has great potential this morning. If you listen and apply it to your life, that it will absolutely change your whole perspective. It'll change your outlook on life. Um, not because of the hours that Michael has put into it, but because I believe that God has a word that he specifically wants to speak to you today. Like he brought you here so that you could hear something specifically from him just for you. So let's get the elephant in the room. Let's take care of it. What is with the towel? What is with the towel? Um, no, I'm not going to pull a T.D. Jakes and preach so hard that I've got to wipe the sweat off my forehead. Um, Pastor Joe said, that is a no-go. Don't do that. Um, no, it's not because the lights are pretty warm, even though sometimes they can get a little hot up here as I'm jumping up and down. Uh, it might be that I can roll it up and, and pop you if you, be careful, if you fall asleep during today's service. No, actually, I thought it was, um, it was fitting because of the message title today. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of today's message is Throw in the Towel. Throw in the Towel. Um, who here has ever watched a boxing match before? Not many. Okay. Nonviolent. Cool. Um, mixed martial arts. There you are. Okay. Cool. So boxing is kind of like a lost art, I think, at this point, because mixed martial arts really kind of came on the scene 10 to 20 years ago, and they've just taken over. But boxing is like, it's really, if you think about it, it's, it's a crazy sport. All right. Think with me. There's grown men and women, because we don't want to limit it, um, that get inside this ring that's enclosed so they can't escape, and then they just beat each other up. And they have fun beating each other up. Now, like, the goal is to not get beaten up, I think, in boxing, but inevitably, somebody is getting beaten up. Okay, it's, it's just, it's going to happen. Um, now, this term, throw in the towel, it originated as a boxing term. And what would happen is if one fighter was getting overwhelmingly beaten, his trainer or his coach would take 
that nasty sweat towel that is probably bloody at this point because he's getting beaten up real bad, and he would throw it into the middle of the ring, and it would signify to the officials that that fighter is given up, that they're quitting, that they're surrendering. If you guys, now, Jack, I'm going to get this right. Jack made sure to tell me that I referenced the wrong Rocky movie in the first service, so I'm going to get it right today. If you guys have seen Rocky IV, um, Rocky IV, Jack and Brady Hoskins, Rocky IV. Um, if you've seen it, that's the one with the Russian, and that's where he says, I will break you. Um, that's my best Russian accent. Give me some pity here. Okay, so... In the movie, Rocky has to deal with the emotional consequences of not throwing in the towel as one of his best friends, Apollo Creed, fights this guy named Ivan Drago. And in the movie, thank God it's just a movie and it's not real, Apollo Creed gets hit so hard in the middle of the fight that he actually loses his life right there in the ring. And so as I was Preparing for this message, I saw this video come across YouTube of this boxing match, and I just thought it'd be fitting. So before we dive in too deep, you guys, um, direct your eyes to the screens behind me. Let's, let's watch this match together real fast. It is a heavyweight matchup. I'm going to let you know when that man fights, F.A. Jagba, do not blink. Of his five professional bouts, four of them have been done in the first round. So he likes to bring an end to opponents in quick fashion. And Curtis Harper has walked out of the ring. Wait, what? I cannot believe this. I have never seen this before. He walked out, he of, the walked out of the ring. He's not fighting this he guy. He walked out of the what? ring. I've never seen this before in my life. Wow. Curtis Harper has he walked out of the ring. Every time, uh, every time uh, I watch uh, that. I'm really upset right now. That's, just, that's embarrassing. Um, I don't even know what to say now. Uh, it, that's just, it's just funny. Anyway, so he threw in the towel before they even started. But to be fair, I mean, the guy was terrifying. Did you guys see him? Did anybody see him but me? Because he was terrifying. And he kind of looked like a G.I. Joe action figure, but like Cobra Commander, not like the Joes, but Cobra Commander. Um, and he was terrifying. So I would have thrown in the towel too right away because he was probably 10 foot taller than me, not that that's hard to do. But the boxer said, nope, he threw in the towel before it even started. Today, we use this term, thrown in the towel, but it's not necessarily to do with a boxing match, but we, re we use it relatively the same way. So maybe there's a project at work that just gets a little bit too taxing. Maybe life is getting a little bit too difficult. Maybe there's a relationship that's not going how you want it to go. We say that I feel like throwing in the towel. And it means I give up. I can't keep doing this. I surrender. Our text this morning is a short one. Somebody say hallelujah. This is a short one. You can find it in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. And don't worry. If you guys don't have your Bible, you can follow along with me on the screens to my left and to my right. And it says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And now we see a similar conversation 
in three out of the four different books, gospel books that are found in our Bible. You'll see it in Matthew, you'll see it in Mark, and you'll see it in Luke. And this doesn't mean that this conversation happens three separate times, but what it means is that three separate authors that have written letters in your Bible found it important enough to include this conversation in their account of the life of Jesus. So, that means that we should probably pay attention to what He has to say. And every time that we read this in the Gospels, we see it's preceded by Jesus foretelling of His own death on the cross, where He tells His disciples, hey, this is what's about to go down. I'm going to willingly give up my life, and I'm going to die. And then Inevitably, Peter, who is just very Peter-ish, he, he says, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen because I won't let it. You know, Peter's a big, tough guy. He says, it's not going to happen because I won't let it. And Jesus rebukes him. And if you don't know what rebuke mean, that re- means, that's okay. All it is, you probably have never heard it until you got into church. Rebuke just means to cut down verbally like a tree. That's the word picture for this word rebuke is to mean to cut down like a tree. And that's what Jesus did with His words. He cut Peter off real quick. He said, yes, this is exactly what's going to happen. And so when Jesus spoke these words, it was speaking of a very specific set of events in the near future that had to take place. But I do believe that if we pay attention to the principles that Jesus was talking about in this text that it has the power to change our lives today. See, in today's society, culture is very focused on self. We live in this selfie generation, right? It's not uncommon to hear phrases like, put yourself first, or don't go the extra mile for someone who wouldn't go a step for you, or follow your heart, or this is absolutely my favorite of all time. You do you, boo-boo. You do you. We have self-identification. We have self-care. And we have self-preservation. And these things aren't bad until we start prioritizing them over the God things. When we get them out of priority, then they become bad for us. So let me give you an example that I'm sure you can connect with, if you have the spiritual gift of eating like I do, you're going to connect with this really good, all right? So, it's a Friday night. Frame this in your mind, all right? It's a Friday night. You're taking your super hot spouse out on a date night. You pull up to your favorite restaurant, and there's people standing outside, and they're probably waiting for a table. You start walking to the door, and you hear footsteps right behind you. And you come to this monumental decision in your life. And this is what you're faced with. Do you open the door and rush inside and try to beat them to the counter? Or do you hold the door for them and risk the extra five to ten minutes of wait time? You don't have to say it out loud, but what would you do? Are you going to hold the door? Or are you going to barge in and try to beat them to the table? You're going to try to beat the Baptist to the buffet. (laughs) 
It's not what you think you should do, because we all know we, sh- we think we should hold the door, right? But what would you really do? Because I think your answer here is going to put your priorities in place for you. Let me tell you about a person I know. Okay, so they're, I wouldn't call this person a friend. I'd call him more of an acquaintance. And, well, I don't really like this person at all. I'm going to go, I'm going to be blunt. I don't like him at all. And everyone in here knows them, and you deal with them on a daily basis. And their name is me. See what I did there? Had y'all shook up. Y'all were thinking Pastor Joe, weren't you? Uh huh. It's not him. I like him. This person's name is me. And let me tell you about me. Me is selfish. Me has a tendency to be harsh. Me is constantly looking for approval and respect. Me is trying to get ahead at any cost. Me wants to do it because me can. Yeah, bad grammar. I got you. You can go on to assign more traits to me, but what you're going to find is that none of them are good. And we all deal with this on a daily basis. And your Bible refers to this part of us, this selfish nature It refers to it as the flesh. When you read about the flesh in the Bible, it's talking about the part of you that wars against God. And it wars against what God wants. Galatians 5.17 says this, For the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, or excuse me, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The ways of the flesh are constantly at war with the ways of God. And it's going to be this way until Jesus returns, because none of us are perfect, but you're not powerless against it. In fact, I'm very glad to say Galatians 5 goes on, and in 5.18 it says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You can write this down if you're taking notes this morning. The prescription for being a slave to your flesh is to be led by the Spirit of God. The same Holy Spirit that Pastor Steve was talking about just last week, that's the one. The prescription for being a slave to the flesh is being led by the Spirit of God. Picture it like this, okay? You've got two horses. One represents your flesh. One represents the Spirit, And they're in a tug-of-war match against each other. Which horse is going to win? Inevitably, it's always going to be the horse that you feed. It's going to be the stronger horse. So, here's what you have to do. You have spirit versus flesh. You've got to feed one and starve the other. Because you can't feed both at the same time. You've got to feed one and starve the other. And we have to come to in a place, a place in our lives where we throw in the towel, we start becoming led by the Spirit and just let Jesus win. Throw in the towel and let Jesus win. Because, write this down, it's when you come to the end of yourself that you can truly discover who Jesus is. It's when you come to the end of yourself that you can truly discover who Jesus is is. Jesus said, in order to be his disciple, I have to first 
deny myself. To discover Jesus, I have to come to the end of me. If you're taking notes this morning, here's three statements about the end of me. Number one, the end of me is a moment of realization. It's a moment of realization. It's that time in your life when it clicks and you're able to see this is where I truly am right now in life. Now, there may be a series of events that have led to this moment that may have snowballed to this moment, but it's always a moment. It's always a moment. And some people identify this moment as rock bottom. If you've ever heard that, maybe you've hit rock bottom. Maybe your moment was in church one Sunday where it was like your eyes were just open for the very first time. And you could finally see that there was something more to life. Maybe your moment was on the bathroom floor after another night of partying. Maybe your moment was when you woke up in another stranger's bed. Or maybe your rock bottom happened from something that you couldn't control. Maybe you lost your job due to another person's failings at work. Maybe you couldn't win your spouse back, and so your marriage ended in divorce. Maybe it was a tragedy or a sickness that took the life of a family member. Whatever the event is, listen close, God can use it. And He's using it to open our eyes to the realization of the statement that there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more to life than this. Number one, the end of me is a moment of realization. Number two, the end of me is a crossroads of decision. It's a crossroads of decision because you always have a choice. That's the good thing about God. He loves us so much that He's going to let us make our own choices. You always have a choice. You can bite down. You can keep just trekking on like you've always tried to do in your own strength, or you can give in and you can quit trying to do it on your own. John Maxwell writes this in his book, Failing Forward. He writes, every major difficulty you face in life is a fork in the road. You choose which track you'll head down toward breakdown or breakthrough. That's always what we're faced with. There's two ways. It's like the horses that we talked about earlier. Which one are you feeding? Because the one that you feed is determining your direction. Every action that you take from that point on is going to take you down one of two roads. My way or God's way. My way or God's way. And every person in here that has surrendered their life to Jesus is going to tell you 100% of the time, my way doesn't work. I've tried my way multiple times. and In fact, I'm, probably st- I'm trying my way all the time because I just can't get it through my brain. My way doesn't work. God's way works. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask 
where the good way is and walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. The end of me will place you at a crossroads, but only one way is going to lead to rest. One way is going to lead to turmoil, but the, le- the way that leads to rest is found in a guy named Jesus. So number two, the end of me is a crossroads of decision. And number three, the end of me is a sacrifice of self. It's a sacrifice of self. Romans 12 and 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To experience the life that God wants you to live, you've got to give up your hopes. You've got to give up your dreams. You've got to give up your plans. And in return, you've got to reach out and receive God's plans for your life, God's hopes for your life, God's dreams for your life, because they're going to be much greater than anything that you thought you wanted. So Cassie and I really got into baseball this past year, like not, not MLB so much. We went to like one MLB game, um, but more like high school baseball is really intense up in those bleachers. Like I think the most intense part is the baseball moms. Um, if you're a baseball mom, bless your soul. Um, but there's this play in baseball. It's called the sacrifice bunt. It's called a sacrifice bunt. And what happens with the sacrifice bunt is the player that's batting, he hits the pitch in such a way that it lets the other runners that are already on base advance. But the catch is that it usually causes him to get thrown out at first base. So what happens with the sacrifice bunt is that the player that is batting chooses to give up his own chance at scoring in order to put the team in a better position to score. So what are some sacrifice bunts that you need to make? What are some things that you need to lay down in order to better serve your family? What are some things that you need to lay down in order to advance God's mission for your life? And I know you're sitting out there saying, well, that doesn't sound really good at all. Like, I don't want to do any of that. Here's the good thing. When we start giving up the things that we think are good, we can start getting from God the things that are great and the things that matter. When you give up game night and beers with the boys in favor of staying home and growing together with your family, the reward is going to be worth it. When you refuse to take on more in your schedule in order to concentrate on the few things that are going to make a difference, the reward is worth it. Because when you say no, you will trade popularity for respect. When you say no, you'll trade popularity for respect. So what are the sacrifice bunts that you need to make in your life this morning? There's going to come a time 
in all of our lives where in order to get God's best for my life, I have to make the decision to lay down my preference in favor of God's plans. I have to choose God's plan over my preference. There's a story in the Bible that's such a powerful moment to me, and as I was, as I was reading it and as I was studying it these past couple weeks, it just hit me in a new way, and I just want to share it with you this morning that the night that Jesus was going to be taken, and he knew full well that this was going to be his last night on the earth, it was a feast, a Jewish feast called Passover. And so on Passover, people would gather together and they would eat and they would do some significant things. And so Jesus gathered his 12 disciples. And they began to eat a meal. And during the meal, Jesus pushed his plate away. He stood up from the table and he grabbed his towel and he wrapped it around his waist. And then he grabbed a basin full of water and he knelt down. And he started one by one washing his disciples' feet. And here's the crazy part about this is that Usually, the one that was in charge of washing the feet of the guests in a house was the lowest servant of that household. It would kind of be like if you were to gather for a dinner party at one of your friend's houses, and while you were there, they took their least ranking servant. We don't have those anymore today, but stay with me. And the servant went out and washed your car for you, which would be great because it needs a wash. Um, but in this moment, Jesus chose to make himself low. And one by one, he washed his disciples' feet and he dried them with his towel. And then he got to Peter. And Peter, like we talked about, being very Peter, said to Jesus, No, you're not going to wash my feet. Basically, you're the... You're the Lord of creation. You're the Son of God. You're not going to do something as low as washing my feet. And Jesus said something to Peter. He said, If I don't wash you, you can have no part in me. And in this moment, Peter is faced with a decision. Is Peter going to keep biting down? He's going to hang on to his pride and his ego and his arrogance. And he's not going to let Jesus wash his feet. Or, and I think he made the right decision, is Peter going to give in to God's plan for his life? Is Peter going to give up his pride? Is he going to give up his arrogance? Is he going to give up his self-preservation in favor of of picking up the life that Jesus has for him starting in that moment. See, I think Jesus makes that request of all of us on a daily basis. Not, not so much as, can I bend down and wash your feet? He does that. But more of, will you lay your life down and take up the things that I have for you? Will you make the sacrifice blunt in life? 
You don't have to wait until rock bottom. Because sitting right here this morning, God's speaking to you, and He wants you to make a decision. He wants you to make a decision. And here's what it is. Throw in the towel. Give up on your way because life has beaten you down. Your way got you here. God's word to you today. God's message to you today. In the past 28 minutes, while we've been sitting here, the three points, every word of this message has been pointing to one thing. It can be summed up in five words. Give in. Let Jesus win. Give in. Let Jesus throw in the towel. Why? Because there is a very real Jesus that is really the Son of God that chose to give all of that up and came on to this earth thousands of years ago to live a perfect life sinless. He never made a mistake. To be hung on a cross to pay the price for the times that you were going to mess up. And why? Not because he wants something from you, but because Jesus wants something for you. Jesus wants a relationship with you today for no other reason than because he loves you extravagantly. He loves you so much. And if no one's ever told you that before, maybe you've come in this morning and people have beaten you down with the Bible. I'm here to tell you they were wrong. The truest words of the Bible were that Jesus loves you. And this morning, he's inviting you into a relationship. So as we stand this morning, as we're about to go back into this worship song, I want to invite you. Throw in the towel. It's worth it. If you're ready this morning to surrender your life to Jesus once and for all and say, I'm not playing games anymore. I'm ready to do this thing. I'm ready to give it all to Jesus and never look back. During this song, I want you to come up and let one of these amazing people pray for you. That's why they're here, because they want to pray for you. That's the thing that they want to do this morning. So if you're ready to give it all to Jesus, Come up here and get prayed for. Also, if you need healing in your bodies or you need a miracle from God this morning, come up here. Don't pray alone. Come up here and let people pray with you. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I just thank you for every single person that's here, Lord. I pray that we have the boldness, the strength, and the confidence to give up on our plans, to throw in the towel, and just let you win, Jesus. So this morning, as we go back into this worship song, I just pray that you work on our hearts and that you do something miraculous in us and among us. In Jesus' name, amen.